You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. However you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how coming to you uh, live from my parents' condo. Uh, as you can see, Robert Brooks, if you're watching this on Periscope, in the back there, that used to hang proudly in my bedroom. I actually uh, went to Robert Brooks football camp twice. It was a really cool, fun experience. Uh, maybe a topic for another day. Maybe a guest we could have on at another time. Uh, that would be that would be cool too. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I want to start the show with uh, the thing that we always start these shows with, and that is the injury report really important injury news uh, in this game because we didn't know until Friday where Devontae Adams would be in his recovery from the ankle injury. We didn't know if he was going to be good to go. He practiced on Wednesday and then didn't practice on Thursday and you started to wonder, okay, did he have a setback? Did he wake up Thursday and go, it's not good. It's swollen. It's the size of a grapefruit. I don't know what to do here. Turns out, no. Turns out he he got a full day of rest. Matt LaFleur said uh, that he's in a good position to go on Sunday. Also, Kevin King and Jair Alexander look like they are good to go for Sunday. And, and it is obvious to say, look, having their preferred starters is a big deal. Obvious. That is not insightful commentary. It's worth noting, though, this season, they haven't had that. They haven't had the full complement of their offensive weapons since basically the second half of week two. They haven't had Kevin King and Jair Alexander on the field together since week four. So this is a different version of of the team than we've seen in a long time. This version of the team didn't play against Tampa Bay. This version of the team didn't play against Minnesota. And while that's not an excuse, it is not to say that the outcome would have been necessarily different, but it's important to note because this is the version of the team that they put together in the offseason. This is the version of the team that they think can win a Super Bowl, you obviously have to deal with injuries. But this is the version of the Green Bay Packers with Alan Lazard as wide receiver two, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling coming off his best game as a Green Bay Packer, and with Devontae Adams, who is right now playing like the best receiver in football. Offensively, we know what they can be. Now, defensively, 
you know, this is not a game where you need Kevin King and Jair Alexander to be lockdown dudes because the Colts offense is more about rhythm. It's more about matchups. You know, they get in the, they get the tight ends involved a lot. They get the running backs involved a lot. And and it is going to be more, I think, about coverage this week because they're going to have to be sticky. Phillip Rivers wants to get the ball out quickly. Pressure, it's going to be really tough for pressure to get to Phil Rivers because he he is one of the fastest release quarterbacks that we have. And this season, especially, he's getting the ball out incredibly quickly. If you're if you're expecting to pressure him, it has to be early. It has to be with blitzes. It has to be, you know, quick wins off the line of scrimmage, or you're not going to get to him. He's going to get the ball out, which means Mike Patton. Mike Patton cannot play all of that off coverage. You have to dare Phillip Rivers to beat you down the field. You have to dare them to throw the ball deep to T.Y. Hilton, to, to Michael Pittman Jr., and to the other receivers that are on this team that the average fan cannot name. They're not even like fantasy relevant. This is what the plan, I think, will be. Darnell Savage in his press conference this week talked about the importance of disguise, making sure that Philip Rivers doesn't know exactly what coverage you're in or what fronts that you're going to be in. The disguise is going to be important because they're not going to be able to get super creative with these blitz packages because Philip Rivers is just going to throw the ball. He's going to get the ball out before you can get home. And if that's the case, then you're really just leaving yourself vulnerable. So you have to. Be aggressive with these guys at the line of scrimmage. T.Y. Hilton's not going to run by you anymore. You put Jair Alexander out there on T.Y. And you are not afraid of him taking you down the field. You're not afraid of him taking you deep. So you can't play these off coverages that Green Bay has played too much this season. You you just can't do it and expect that they're not going to find ways to get the ball to those guys. And then... By the way, if you do play off and they do complete the balls, which they're going to do, then you have to be able to tackle, which Green Bay is bad at. Green Bay is a bad tackling defense. So why all of the off coverage? You have to be able to be aggressive. So this is where this is all going. You have your corners to now do that. Last week, when you have to play Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman, that, that makes it difficult because you're playing backup guys. And even if you think Josh Jackson can be a starter, even if you think Kadar Holman could be a starter quality guy, it, it's it's not in this instance. And it, it's not in the same it's not in the same ballpark that these guys are coming because you have a different talent level. You have a different level of experience. And so they're coming in going, okay, maybe we have to play a little bit more vanilla coverage, have to play a little bit more off coverage. Whatever it is, you expect Kevin King and Jair Alexander to go out there and man up if you need to, to go out there and press if you need to, and to be in the right right places from a positional standpoint if you need to. And that's what Green Bay is going to need as they look at this game. So having those players puts them in a position to be the squad that they wanted to be coming into the season. I want to mention also, as we're talking about injuries, the Colts had a, had a, a COVID situation. 
Their special teams coach is not going to be at the game. And starting defensive end Danico Autry is not going to play, is on the COVID list. He has been really good lately, is one of the better pass rushers on the team. And they have a, they have a couple of quality guys. DeForest Buckner, of course, is the one guy who can wreck your game. You have to know where 99 is at all times. If you don't, it's just it's just bad planning. Aaron Rodgers is going to know where DeForest Buckner is all the time. So Justin Houston is, you know, he's still around. He can still do stuff. We know Darius Leonard as a blitzer is still uh, someone who can be valuable there, even though I, I think in the back end is where he's better. This is a this is a blow for the Colts who are going to have to be able to pressure Aaron Rodgers and they're going to have to be able to stop the run. By the way, they couldn't do that against Tennessee. They couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They couldn't stop uh, the the Titans run game. So I, I think, you know, when when you think about the the matchup here and, and, you know, set aside the physicality part, right? The Packers, from a schematic standpoint and from a personnel standpoint, they have a little bit more of an advantage now. And that ability to stay balanced, if in fact they can do that, and that ability for Rodgers to play from a clean pocket. Zach Cruz from Packers Wire tweeted out the numbers earlier today. When Aaron Rodgers has a clean pocket, he's the best quarterback in the league, and he might he might be anyway. But in terms of efficiency and effectiveness and um, just a comfort level, obviously, he, from a clean pocket, has been awesome this year. He's making accurate throws, he's playing in rhythm, and he's playing with good tempo. So if they're able to stay balanced with your run pass, that doesn't mean run more on second and 10, then you have everything at your disposal. Everything is, is on the menu, so to speak, because there have been times when teams have said, it, it, we can we can stop the run and and you can't throw it down the field on us or you're unwilling to throw it down the field on us. I think Green Bay's unwillingness to push the ball down the field on Tampa is uh, one of the reasons why they couldn't get anything going offensively. They were a little too scared of the pressure, didn't create opportunities down the field for themselves. They have to be willing to attack this team down the field, especially when they go to those single high safety looks, especially when they are going to create those play action shot plays. They have to be willing to make the Colts pay for for playing single high safety and trying to stop the run because that's that's usually the reason why you're going to play that single high look. You know, you could also have a you know robber and and a lot of different other you know looks and variations. But having that extra guy close to the line of scrimmage, you're trying to create some kind of advantage as a defense. And Green Bay has to be willing, as they were uh, against the Jaguars. That's what the MVS play was to push the ball down the field. So having Alan Lazard. Who can do that? Having Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who can do that? And then, of course, having Devontae Adams, who is, you know, the ultimate utility guy when it comes to the receiver position. He can beat you anywhere. That sets the Packers up to play in phase and in rhythm all day. All right, more Locked on Packers Friday live show in a second. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 
One of the questions that we got on the Periscope was, who is the motion guy going to be with Tyler Irvin? Isn't it isn't it crazy that two years ago, the, the Packers never used motion? And Aaron Rodgers said basically that he hates motion uh, and that he and Mike McCarthy never liked to use it. And now it is a big question to, to ask with Tyler Irvin out who that guy is going to be. It's important for a number of reasons, right? It's important because, number one, the Packers use motion as much as any team in the league. They're in the top five right now in terms of pre-snap motion. And the, the Titans, I said this on a, a show earlier this week, they made it too easy to defend them by not using pre-snap motion. They made it too easy for the Colts to know where their guys were going to be, to not stress the eye discipline of those linebackers and those safeties. They got a clear picture at the snap of exactly what was going on, exactly what was happening, and it was just too easy for them. You need to be able to stress defenses horizontally and vertically. You want to stress them everywhere. And if you can stress them pre-snap with that motion, it creates advantages for your offense. The numbers on this are unequivocal. It is huge. It is extremely important and extremely uh, a value add for your team to use that pre-snap motion. With no Tyler Irvin, they can't just abandon it. Not against a defense like this. So, is it going to be Aaron Jones as it was in the 49er game? Would you use Jamal Williams a little bit there? We've seen Alan Lazard when he's on the field. Not only is he is he doing some of that jet motion, but you know there's the end around in Week One against Minnesota. MVS has been the motion guy. They've used you know the H back motion. You know, some some wide jet stuff with with Jay Sternberger and, and Robert Tanya. And maybe that's something that they can go back to. I, I mentioned it uh, on the show earlier this week. The Titans scored on a wide jet where Johnny Smith came in motion and they gave it to him and he scored. Well, the Packers don't really have an athlete quite like Johnny Smith, but Sternberger and Tanya are good enough athletes to make something like that at least a, a threat to make it something. And so I, I think that's something that that could be interesting if that's something that they, they wanted to to play around with a little bit because they have their other backs, because they have Aaron Jones and because they have their top three receivers. You know, we're not sure the, the level to which Alan Lazard is going to be able to play. He's questionable officially had to be activated for IR reasons. But but Matt LaFleur has been very cagey and very cautious about making any sort of declarations with Lazard. He's not going to be the Jet guy a bunch, but you can use him in different kinds of ways. The fact that he could play, though, makes it easier for you to use MVS in those situations. Because if MVS has to be out there and he has to be your your true number two, then maybe you don't want to stress his legs by running all that Jet motion all the time. If he has to be out there 40% of snaps and you can just run him on Jets and goes... That's a great role for MBS. That's a that is the perfect role for Marquez Valdez Scantling. If he is Ted Ginn Jr. in Carolina, that is perfect. 40 catches for 800 yards and, and eight touchdowns. That is a great. And by the way, this was something that that came up on Twitter earlier this week. Marquez Valdez Scantling has absolutely 100% been a home run draft pick. To get a guy that dynamic when he's playing well, even if he only plays well three or four games a year in the fifth round is extremely rare. Guys like that are 
That that's a hit. He is unequivocally a draft hit. Even even just this soon in his career, we can say it for for what he's done through two and a half years to get that guy in the fifth round. That is is not normal. Okay, and he is maybe not you know a preferred number two, but as a number three receiver, he's a useful player. And and for all the headaches and all of the inconsistencies and, and the drops, when he's playing well, he can carry your offense. He carried the offense on Sunday, even against a bad team. He carried them. He was huge in week one against Minnesota. So if you get three games like that, four games like that a year, that could be the difference between winning and losing. I mean, the play he made in week one against Chicago was the difference in that game. Early in the game against Denver, he made a couple of big plays last year. His production last year was stifled by an ankle injury. He had a very similar start to his season last year to this year. His play fell off in a big way. If he can stay healthy, he can continue to be an important part of this team. And you have a, a useful receiver three. Is it is he the perfect kind of Matt LaFleur receiver? No, probably not. Doesn't have the kind of run after catchability that you look for. And it is not um, someone who's going to get open underneath a lot without help. But his ability to win down the field with just pure, dirty, nasty speed is useful in any offense. And it's going to continue to be useful for the Packers for as long as he's in Green Bay. I got uh, this question on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, and it was part of a longer question, but but the part that I want to talk about is wondering why Mike Patton's defenses in New York were so different than this one and why those teams were dominant and this team isn't. And I, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I do think there is a, a mentality part of it. That team with Rex Ryan, they were much more about attacking. Um, but the way that we view the game has changed so much. And the way the game is played is so different. It's so different. And and analytics has informed a lot of that. I think a lot of the data that we've that we've put together over the last few years, I mean, there has been a little bit of an awakening. And I, I think that the the approach that Mike Patton has taken is changing because of that information. That Jets team, not more talented than this one, really not, but built to stop offenses at that time. I don't, I don't think that Jets defense, if you plopped them in 2020, would be nearly as good as they were because Darrell Revis would not be as, as useful as he is as he was then now just because of what the rest of the field can be middle of the field the hitting and and the rule changes they've ju- it's just turned so much to offense that i think it's really hard to play defense frankly and that team you know that team had linebackers that would be exploited in coverage now more than they were then and they didn't have elite pass rushers it was a lot of pressure packages well you know, teams that are blitzing a lot. Now you look at the Ravens. The Ravens blitz a lot, but they're a high variance defense and they rely a lot on turnovers. So it's just the world is different. And I think that's the simplest thing. I don't think Mike Patton is that different. I think the NFL is that different. And and that's something that 
we we don't we don't take into account enough. It's one of the reasons, frankly, that Bill Belichick's longevity is so impressive because a lot of times something works and coaches never evolve it. Mike McCarthy didn't evolve the Green Bay offense enough. And I don't think Rex Ryan evolved enough. You look at that 49ers team with Colin Kaepernick, they didn't evolve enough. Now, they also had coaches and GMs and ownership get in a pissing match over who gets credit and it became a disaster. But the the NFL has changed in a lot of ways. And I think it is much harder to play defense now. Does that mean that that's, you know, the reason that that they're rushing three in the red zone? Does that mean that that's the reason that they're playing off coverage on third and two? No, some of that stuff is just like mind boggling. But I do think the biggest thing is that the NFL is different. I do. Uh, before we finish up, I, I do want to shout out uh, one of, if not the most loyal listener and uh celebrator of this podcast um i think i missed her birthday by a day but taina has been there from day one she is always there on social media usually on these periscopes and so i just wanted to wish her a happy birthday uh and and shout her out for just being such a, a an awesome member of locked on packers nation um i i said on the crossover that i think green bay is going to win uh, I made an official prediction. Uh, it is 31-28. I think Green Bay is going to be able to, to score on this team. If you if you go back and look at the Titans game, the Titans score 17 in the first half, and they just lost their minds in the second half. They have a shank punt. They have a punt block touchdown. And the game is just, it's just like over then. And Ryan Tannehill can't drop back pass. He needs to have the play action. And it's just such a big part of of what they they need to be and what they need to do. This is something that I, I think when you are playing the Colts, you have to stay patient with the run game. Have to. So Green Bay, if it's not working early, you have to stay patient with it. The play action stuff, they were Indy did a really good job of negating the the shot plays. So Tennessee was not able to go hard play action and, you know, take those shots on Yankee or or whatever the concepts are. They were, however, especially early, able to get those little leak plays, play action, dump off to the running back or dump off to the tight end. Green Bay has been excellent with those um, this season. In fact, Bill Huber had the stat from from uh maven si that in inside the five yard line aaron Rodgers has a perfect passer rating on play action a perfect passer rating they've been incredible in the red zone this is uh um it's a clash of styles in a way but it's also uh, sort of the perfect congruency of styles because offensively green bay is excellent defensively the colts are excellent and defensively the packers are not they're okay they're not terrible they're not nearly as bad as Packers Twitter will have you believe. And the Colts offense is okay. It's not terrible. They have to drive it 10, 12, 15 plays to score. Green Bay wants to make you have to drive it 10, 12, 15 plays to score. The one place that this team, Indianapolis, is not as good at is the red zone. They bog down in the red zone because the field compresses. 
I mean, if you think about the way Philip Rivers wants to play um, in in the quick passing game, well, it's a lot easier to not worry about getting beat deep when deep is eight yards to the end zone. And their running game has really just not been good this year. Just not been good. And it's weird because the offensive line is good. They haven't been good. So I think Green Bay is going to be okay stopping the run. They're going to have to have an answer for Naheem Hines. If they, you know, are, are going to, I assume, mix coverages on him. Is it going to be, you know, linebackers? Are they going to prioritize? If he's in the game, you, you get Raven Green in the game. Use Darnell Savage in there a little bit, I think, is something that we'll see. Um, they need to have an answer for him. And if they have an answer for Naheem Hines, if, if, if the Colts win, it's because Naheem Hines beat them offensively and Green Bay turned it over or had special teams issues. Because that was the thing that doomed Tennessee. The, the special teams was a disaster. And they just fell apart. And, and I don't think that's going to be something that happens in this game. I think Green Bay wins. Let me go back quickly because we've had some comments in the in the Periscope. Um, if you go back and look at the Jets, and, and the, the point was made about the middle of the field, they didn't have great inside linebackers on those Jets teams. David Harris, Bart Scott, they were... They were past their primes. They were not field tilters. They were fine players at that point in their careers. They weren't great. And and Mike Patton had a really good defense in Buffalo without a great middle of the field defender. So I'm just I want to push back on that a little bit. Um, and then there was a, a question about Jonathan Taylor. He's losing snaps. I mean, he's been he's been bad. Like not good, and he's losing snaps to Naheem Hines for reasons that are that are clear. If you watch this team, Naheem Hines is better right now. Doesn't mean he can't be a good player, but Naheem Hines is better. So that is the guy that you need to be, you know, concerned about defensively. This is the first game I can remember in a while where Green Bay is not going in, going, this guy can can really, you know, wreck our game. In a, in a big game, I mean, because, you know, the Jaguars don't really have that. The Lions didn't really have that, given who was on the field for them. Uh, Naheem Hines, I guess, is that guy. But, I mean, when you've looked at some of these these teams that they played, the big games that they played, the Saints, you knew Alvin Kamara could just take over a game. You knew against the, the Bucks that Mike Evans could have an eight-catch, 165-yard, two-touchdown day. Colts don't really have that guy offensively. It it could be Michael Pittman Jr. He's just not there yet. It's not T.Y. Hilton anymore. And I, I don't know that Himes is that kind of player. He's 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 slippery and he's tough, and, and he is certainly the kind of guy who's given Green Bay problems in the past. But he's not really a field tilter game wrecker type. Green Bay has to be in a position where that they assure that that's the case, that he doesn't wreck their game. If they have a plan for him, they don't turn it over, and they don't have special teams mistakes, they can score on this defense. And I think they can play defense well enough against Rivers, who's going to move the ball on them. He's going to move the ball. They're going to score. It's going to be, I think, a really fun, entertaining game. But Green Bay wins 31-28. to We'll be back next week. To talk about all of it, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. 
to stay locked on Packers. Cheers.